Hello and welcome to the No Room for Doubt podcast. My name's Kyra Matthews. I'm a manifestation obsessive and I help creatives and independent business owners overcome self-doubt and anxiety so they can build thriving businesses online. So let's get into it. Oh my goodness, I have such fun news. So let me just tell you a little story. Obviously, as you know, I started my business, my coaching business in lockdown and I always dreamt of doing an event. And I had this idea, but obviously we're in a lockdown, out of lockdown, in lockdown, out of lockdown. And the idea for this event just fell kind of to the back of my mind. And since I've had this idea, I've been able to work with a lot of different brands to do a lot of in-person events. But something clicked for me last year. And I just said, I looked at all of these ideas I had to do with my business. Like one thing that I do with my clients is I get them to write down like 10 different ways that they could achieve their goal. And I looked at this list of ideas I had and I was like, why am I not doing them? Like, why are they just static ideas on the page? Like, why am I dreaming about these ideas rather than actually putting them into motion? Last week, I shared on my Instagram something that had been germinating at the back of my uh, back of my mind. I've wanted to do an event that was just for us to hang out, to party, to talk, to chat, to giggle, to dance, to talk about big dreams. Um, There aren't that many spaces where you can be safe supported and encouraged to go after those big dreams. I've had so many of these conversations with my friends and I want to foster more spaces like that. And hello, we give birth to future self nights. Sorry, that was a really weird way to say that, but we basically, I have basically have given birth to this thing. It's going to be huge. I'm so, I was so surprised about the demand when I popped this on my stories so many of you messaged me like, oh my God, this is amazing. I want to socialize with the people. I can't wait. So I'm really excited. So if you didn't get the memo, I'm hosting a party. It's coming in May. Jump on the wait list um, to be notified when tickets go live. More details are coming soon. It's going to be really fun. Um, we're going to have lots of like games and prompts. And it's really just going to be a night where you can show up and be your future self. Like if you struggle to show up as your most confident, most unstoppable version, like during the week, you have a full time job and you hate it or something. This is going to be a couple of hours for you to just enjoy the bliss of being your future self. I cannot wait. I'm so excited. So, yeah. Today, I've got a really fun episode. Kyra, let's just get back to what we came here for. Also, by the way, if you want to get on the waitlist, do go to my Instagram. You know where to find that link. Jump on it there. But today, I'm talking to a really exciting guest. When I came across this delicious person, I'll let her introduce herself in a moment. I was obsessed, just obsessed, obsessed, obsessed. Many of you know that I went to uh, fashion design school. I had always wanted to work in fashion. The way I looked and my appearance has always been super important to me. But I felt like I really lost that. Or rather, I felt like I spent a lot of my life obviously being socialized as a woman, dressing for other people and basically dressing to appease. Sometimes it was men, sometimes I worked with but just to appease everybody other than myself. And I feel like you guys have seen me go on this transformation where I've really embraced the things that I like to wear. And I wear the same clothes every day because they're my favorite clothes, my colorful clothes, and I love them so much. So when I came across this author, I was like, yes. In this episode, we talk about the importance of fashion in order to define who you are and your identity. When we're talking about future self-work and stepping into that version of us who has achieved our goals, that's identity work. And in this episode, we explore how the choices that we make can inform how we show up in the world and therefore inform the way we think about ourselves, our self-concept and our identity. We also talk about a really important theme that comes through in our conversation, this idea of stepping into 
your passion. And rather than looking at what other people are doing out there in the world, just allowing your passion to guide you and allowing your passion to unfold and really not thinking too far ahead, just taking every step as it comes. I have so many creatives come to me who are like, yeah, but I want to do this and I want to do photography and I want to do painting and I want to do X, Y, Z. They want to do all of these different things. And when they're at the start of their journey, they find it really hard to see how these different areas that they're really into can all connect to combine to a career and a business that they really love. And I feel like today's guest is a great example of someone who has proudly shaped a career and shaped her work around things that she really enjoys and it and I follow her on Instagram her content is so fun she seems to just keep on having fun and keep on expanding on this work so it's really exciting so without further ado I'm going to introduce you to my wonderful guest so Shakela, I'm so excited to have you here today. Just before we press record, I was saying how I think what you've done and how you articulate yourself is literally so genius. My listeners will definitely know why I'm in love with you. <laughs> As we get into our questions, we'll explore that. But for anyone who isn't familiar with what you do and your work, please, could you introduce yourself? Yes, yeah, so my name is Shakela forbes Bell. I'm a fashion psychologist and I'm author of the book Big Dress Energy. If you haven't got your coffee, get your coffee now. I don't know what you're doing. Um, And I'm also the founder of fashionispsychology.com, which pulls together all of the amazing insights and research that there is on fashion psychology and just really dilutes it into a language that's understandable. But as a fashion psychologist as well, I work with brands to help them figure out like the why behind the what, like what's trending, Mm. what they're making, how consumers are responding to it. what's the psychology behind that and I also do some commentating on tv and consulting and just a bit of everything really (laughs) nice that's so fun and this is a question that you typically ask all your guests but I'm Mm -hmm. asking you here today this question because it's my show and I can do that (laughs) what does big dress energy mean to you Yeah, so to me, Big Just Energy is all about understanding the power of your clothes, right? You don't just see them for their aesthetic value. You understand the ability of clothes and the colour and the style and the cut of your clothes, the impact it has on changing the way you feel, changing the way you think about yourself, changing the way you act, changing the way you're going to be perceived. It's about understanding all of those influences and utilising your clothes in a way that helps you stress and like enter every room as your authentic self and honor shape or even change the way you feel as well it's just really Mm. about seeing the value of clothes and knowing how they work for you and having a super strong relationship with them yeah and I can't get I can't wait to get into some of the psychology that you've just briefly touched on there but I know in hearing you in interviews how you talk about your career how when you started there weren't that many people doing what you do and many of the listeners many of the listeners are creatives they may come from very traditional backgrounds like I know people who are in law and nursing and Mm -hmm. suddenly they've decided to go and pursue a creative career how did you have the confidence to essentially become something that you couldn't really see um I don't even know if it was about confidence I was just super passionate about what I was studying and I have to admit I was absolutely nervous as hell when I graduated right like everybody on the course was like we were like the first cohort doing the master's in fashion psychology and I remember the um the job people you know the people who like help you get jobs like after you graduate they came over and they were like yeah guys like well done um if you need help like figure out your cv and we were all like what the hell what the hell do we do so I kind of leaned in towards like more marketing because I feel like consumer psychology was a big thing that we discussed and of course marketing really lends itself to that I I feel like there needs to be more psychology um, people in marketing anyway you need Mm. to understand the people that you are targeting and why they want to buy into your things and how their behaviors shift and etc so I leaned into that but at the same time at the side I had my blog right I had fashion Mm. psychology 
facebook.com it's from when i was in my uni days i just kept posting about these these findings and these papers that i was reading about because I loved them and I just felt that they weren't being accessible. They weren't digestible. Like they were in these academic papers that sometimes you have to even pay to access. And I just feel like that was just not fair. And these insights could be utilized by the everyday person. So the more I just didn't let that go, that's when more opportunities came. So I'd get loads of journalists like speaking to me and I I was in a year of just Mm. saying yes. I feel like you can do that when you're a bit younger. You don't have as many responsibilities, but anything that comes, can you give us a quote? Yes. Can you do it? Yes, 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 yes. I just say yes, 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 yes. Um, and then that's when the brand started to come in and then like a bit of money started to come in. And only then when I realized, okay, people are interested in this. And when my literary agent slid into my DMs and, and like I got my agent, I still didn't like quit my nine to five. You know, I still had that. Yeah, sure. It was only when I actually got my book deal. I had a few brand deals that were like secured for at least a year. Then I was like and I had a lot of support as well from my friends and family that I decided, OK, I'm in a space where I feel a bit more comfortable now to make that leap I probably could have made it earlier but you have to only you know when you feel like you're ready and I feel like without that kind of it's sad but without that external validation of people of me knowing that people want this and this is something that people are interested in and I'm now at a place where I feel like I can articulate myself well and I can put across this thing well and that's the only time where I thought okay I can make this jump yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's quite an important jump and like a quite an important decision to make in terms of your livelihood. And yeah. also from hearing your story, it's like you took something that you were so passionate about and then um, was sort of making it into something that could fund your life and your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I know you briefly touched on working full time and also doing it on the side. Yeah. Can you tell me mm-hmm. about like what that was like for you? I know so many of the listeners who like are in yeah. this space. They're like dreaming yeah. of handing in their notice. Yeah, what was yeah. that like for you? Um, it was tough. I'm not going to lie. Um, I was really grateful that I had a few students who were really keen to do fashion psychology. No one else was really doing it like how I was doing it. And they really wanted to support and help. And I really have to commend them as well for helping me do like the admin side and like keeping the yeah. website going whilst I'm doing other jobs and like or whilst I'm you know minding my niece and nephew and like doing all of these like other family stuff and life stuff like they really helped me keep that going um but also like I you have to be quite organized you have to be quite mm. strict with yourself but I always say like it's easier to be strict when it's your passion um mm. and it's just something that you like enjoy it. it just felt like a bit of a hobby at that time you know it felt like a break away from my my nine to five but I also was in a very good position where I had such a supportive boss like there was yeah. a time before I even quit my notice there was a a good chunk of period of time where I went part-time um yeah. and even before when I started originally so my sister passed away in like 2018 and I was mm. in a terrible place like I was just so I was so heartbroken. I was trying to figure out like my life and figure out how to support her kids and like be there for my mom. Like I was just in a difficult place and I found this job um, working at a tech company and I was like, right, I know this is a full-time job, but I can only do part-time. I don't know what's mm-hmm. going on in my life and I need to figure that out, but I will kill myself for you and I'll do a good job. And they, luckily they accepted. And then after a year and then things started to come in and then after a year, she was like, right, no, girl I need you full-time do this full-time and then I was full-time for two years and then COVID hit and then I got furloughed and then I had a good chunk of time where I had nothing to do but focused on my on my fashion psychology on my work on my blog and do all of that stuff then when I came back as well back full-time but then things were picking up again and I asked to go back part-time a bit so I had the luxury of having that flexibility so I want to be very transparent in that I know some people don't have that and that's something and even the timing with COVID oh god I know such a terrible time but I was able to really utilize that to the best of my ability while still having an income coming in like that was I feel like that was a bit of luck and a bit of like blessings as well um but 
you just have to take everything that comes with you and really just try to turn every situation into the best possible um, situation for you and ask you know a lot of people might be too afraid to ask their boss like I have this other side project thing like can I go part-time they might think that's a bit rude but sometimes I would spin it and say like look I'm getting this press as well like they need stats like I'll use stats from from the company and I'll we like I'll put that Mm. in like make it work for them as well um so yeah you have to see how you can just combine things to make it make it suitable for everybody involved yeah I think that's really clever and thank you for sharing that because I think on Instagram especially when you see people doing these really cool jobs it's really easy to see someone like a TikToker or some what something and think oh my gosh they've had it easy like or they've like had it all figured out like and really what this show is about is about is like taking people behind the scenes and being like you can also create your career so thank you for sharing that I think that's really important insight um I know since you've written the book called Big Dress Energy. Can you just introduce us into why is what we wear so important? I think clothes in general are important for a few reasons, right? I think throughout my research, like I've discovered that they can shift the way you see yourself. So I notice people, you know, we all know about look good, feel good, like we know that, but we don't kind of go beyond that. We don't understand that sometimes our relationship with our bodies change depending on what we're wearing. Sometimes the way we even feel about ourselves change depends on what we're wearing, you know. There's a study that found that people describe themselves in more formal words when they're wearing more formal clothes and more casual words when they're wearing casual clothes you know certain colors and clothes that we wear it can make us feel more aroused or make us feel more docile right and I feel like people need to understand that all of these things are happening below the surface every time they decide on something to wear when they're getting dressed because they can utilize that to their own gain right depending Mm. on how you feel you can utilize your if you understand how certain outfits and certain colors and certain styles make you feel then you can use that to um support you how you're feeling you can use it to shift you out of a mood enhance your mood make you feel more confident make you feel more intelligent more powerful like you can utilize clothes for that but first you need to understand what they represent what they mean you know there's a study that everybody that knows about fashion psychologists will know it's called uh, theory of enclosed cognition and it basically investigates the mind clothes connection so it proves that the meanings that we ascribe to certain clothes when we wear them we embody Body them. I think the the most interesting study within that theory is when psychologists got someone to wear or people to wear t-shirts with the Superman emblem on that, and they got another group to just wear plain t-shirts. And the people who were wearing the t-shirts with the Superman emblem felt that they could lift heavier weights. Like they just yeah. felt that they were Superman themselves. So it just goes to show like these little changes in our wardrobe can have a big impact. And I think it's just a comment on you know the phrase wearing different hats mm. wearing different hats yeah. I think that's a comment to the way that when we wear different things it allows us to explore different parts of our identity you know you know Kyra doing this podcast might be different to Kyra on a date or Kyra in an office you know mm. like but you can utilize your clothes to shift that perspective it's why I hate the idea of having a signature style because I don't think it allows you to explore the the beautiful kind of extent of your personality through your wardrobe like every day I always say that it doesn't matter if you're super interested in fashion or if you work in an office or if you work in on a building site you know by the simple act of choosing what to wear getting yourself ready you've become an active participant in the process of fashion Mm. so why don't you make sure that the things that you're adorning yourself in things that you're covering yourself in 90% of the time why don't you make sure that they're just the perfect choice for you and utilize scientific research to back that up yeah, I resonate so much with what you're saying. But um, just now you said some a really important word that really stuck out for me. And you said the word decide. And that I'm really curious, how do we decide what to wear? Like, how are those decisions made in our brain? I think a lot of the times we 
we're quite practical, right? We look at the situation that we're going to be in. We are social creatures. So I never say, oh, dress exactly how you want. No, we have social norms. We have social guidelines <laughs> that we all have to kind of conform to. Like as much as I want to wear like my sexy dress out to an office, people will look yeah. at me weird and I won't fit in and it will be a bad um, for me, like emotionally as well, if I feel out of place. So make sure that we take that into consideration. And that's something that kind of happens above the surface. Like we know that we look at functionality we look at the weather we look at all those kind of things but then we have these other sources for example like social media or the Mm. tv or things that we're inspired by on the street we take those in either subconsciously or consciously and we're we kind of align ourselves with those trends you know like I said because we are such social creatures we have an ingrained desire to belong Mm. so following on to these trending items and wearing these trending pieces that satisfies that need and there's even studies that said that when people are wearing like in trend clothing they're perceived to be as more cool and more friendly and more people want to get to know them a bit better so we have all of that going on but of course we have like our emotional desires and like the different parts of identity that we want to satisfy that all we take into consideration when we're getting dressed so in the introduction I talk about this study where researchers found that our relationship with clothes satisfies three different ways we view ourselves the person we fear to be the person we are most of the time and the person we hope to be mm. so our clothes kind of help us navigate between these different versions so oftentimes when we're in the rut or we're the person that we hope to be we can see that you know we're in reflected in the way we dress psychologists mm. have mentioned that, that when they have clients they notice like changes in their mood states depending on how they appear how they dress and we all get in that state the person we are most of the time these are kind of our outfits that just become a part of who we are based on like all of these kind of external factors our cultures our likes our dislikes what we're consuming who we're hanging out with all of those things have an impact on who we are kind of generally but then we have the person we hope to be so when we're going for a job interview when we're going on a date when we're going for in a big event you know those are kind of our best outfits the ones that kind of make us feel like the best versions of ourselves so I would say that there's so many different external factors that external and internal factors that have an impact on the way we dress it's much more than oh I am going on like a big event I just want to wear a power suit and like that's it no there's there's a lot that we can take into consideration and I think if we just take a moment to kind of think about all of these things happening we'll make better choices rather than just wearing something that maybe is uncomfortable maybe Mm. that doesn't really fit us maybe that doesn't you know make us feel good essentially like but we don't we just kind of rush around and a lot of people just focus purely on the aesthetics and I just think that serves no one really yeah I love how you've broken that down and I absolutely relate what came to mind when you were speaking was um for me personally during lockdown and I think a lot of people can also relate to this like during lockdown when I was like living alone in my little flat in North London Mm -hmm. um not seeing anyone I just remember like living in like this big cozy jump and then leggings and then I remember Mm -hmm. the world opened up again and I was invited to do like I had started my business in COVID and then I was invited Mm -hmm. to do like my first brand partnership and part of that was delivering a workshop Mm -hmm. and it was my first one and I bought this dress actually for that talk but I remember going into the store and trying it on And coming out of the dressing room and looking at like the mirror, like in the main store. And it was so jarring because when I looked into the mirror, I saw like Mm -hmm. this version of me that I had always sort of wanted to be. And she was just like Mm. two steps like ahead of like my self-concept in that moment based on like how I had been dressing in COVID. And when I first tried it on it was so jarring to me that I tried it on loved the dress but I was like oh no I'm not gonna get it like I was like like, I was almost like scared to step into that version and then I went back Mm -hmm. and eventually did the talk had the most amazing time and now this dress like you'll see so many pictures of me in it because I wear it all the time (laughs) it's just like my dress to do talks have you had that like a similar experience with clothing like your personal wardrobe yeah, I love that. And I think that that is such a beautiful story. And I just wish everybody would start looking at their clothes in that way. Yeah. Like, I definitely have dresses where I just, I have so much 
value in them like mm. for example i did lorraine like not too long ago and i wore this purple dress from i Hanifa, saw yeah and it's the same dress yeah i wore for my press shots for my book and i remember they had these big pictures of me up and behind the screen and i was like there wearing the wearing the purple dress and like a part of me was like oh damn people are gonna think i don't have any clothes <laughs> I was like actually no this is what I'm preaching right like I love it it means something to me it's so important so that's why I chose to wear it right it's a black designer that says something about my my kind of culture and my standing where I believe it like makes me feel good about my body like I love those kind of outfits and I even have these um outfits that I even borrowed from my mom that she had when she was like my age and she's passed them down to me I talked to my niece a lot about like my sister's clothes and how I'm going to pass it down to her Mm. like I feel like clothes are just going to be so pivotal and there's this thing in psychology called like transitional objects Mm. and it relates to objects that children have so like blankies and like teddy bears that help them through like different stages in their life but I think the same can be true for clothes for adults you know we have these outfits that kind of take us through these different phases that you know we wear and remember remind us of good times so the next time we wear it we're embodying all of those memories like every single memory is sewn into the fabric of these outfits and we can embody them and use them to make us feel good yeah I feel like you're just taking me to church because the way that you're talking about fashion (laughs) is like no but like it's so lost in terms of society like when I was in university I was really Mm -hmm. big into Topshop as many people my age was oh yeah and yeah yeah. (laughs) and it's such a shame because I remember going there all the time but like those clothes from Topshop like I don't have them now like the clothes that I still Mm. have now and even some of them I've lent them to friends I know who you are (laughs) but they were like (laughs) the vintage pieces that I found at a market or something that I found in a random charity shop these things that I've kept Mm -hmm. with me and now as I you know stand here as an adult and as a professional the way I shop is more about like this sort of larger version of me I talk a lot about like my future self as being like this sort of north star this guiding sort of light of where I'm going and so it's allowed me Mm. to sort of buy clothes that I imagine will last me for a very long time because I'm like this is who I'm stepping into this is who I'm being and I'm becoming and I think so much of that like just like the true value of fashion is so lost in terms of like fast fashion and like where we are right now Mm -hmm. as a society yeah I think that's interesting and I think it made me think about the clothes that I used to buy and wear and I feel like it's interesting because I have a ton of clothes from like Topshop and ASOS and River Island that I had when I was 19 20 that I still wear now it's even mad I was looking at some of my videos of Big Just Energy the podcast and I'm wearing the same jumper in two episodes I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like, can you are obsessed with this jumper? <laughs> that jumper it was from Asus, and I literally have had it for I'm 29 now for 10 years. Nice. And I think it speaks to the fact that I was realizing uh, I was really getting into fashion psychology at that age, and I was yeah. really looking at my clothes differently. I was still into super fast fashion as well, and I was buying probably more than I needed. Oh, but absolutely. the type of clothes that I'm choosing, I chose, and the fact that I'm still wearing them now, I think it speaks to the fact that I really had a shift and I started to see my clothes in a different light I started to think about the person that I wanted to be yeah. and just more out there even though everybody in my psychology course was like what this is not a fashion show like, what are you what are you wearing like okay like she's coming in with some tie-dye like black jumper and like it's weird and I was also the only black girl so it's just like oh I was just like one of one of two black girls in my undergraduate and the only black person in my in my graduate course so it was always I was always like a fish out of water but I think I utilized my clothes as a way to speak for me when I felt maybe a bit insecure down on myself and they're quite loud and they're quite out there and I feel like I'm I'm now fully grown into that person right where I can be quite loud and out there and talking about something which 
people have no idea about and I'm putting myself in that position and those clothes allow me to do that so yeah I completely resonate with what you're saying yeah that's so true and um just a quick side note like as I like do my coaching business and the podcast I work full-time in a tech company and our office is based in a we work in bank and so I and when you go into this we work everyone is like in jeans and t-shirts and there's a couple of yeah. guys in suits and there's a couple of women in dresses and I I always go into that we work in the brightest colors the most like <laughs> weirdest like I'm pr- like my I'm pretty sure my manager is like who is this person like what is she wearing because it's so important <laughs> yeah. for me to like especially only sort of like I'm not the only black person but I'm definitely a minority in that we work yeah it's really important for mm-hmm. me to like distinguish myself as like I'm actually like a member in a company and you know I value my work and I'm valued. It's like really important for me to like sort of take up space and like have people be almost like offended by the fact that I'm not wearing jeans and a t-shirt. I'm like, honey, bring it. Like it is Tuesday. Like, and I'm wearing Ganny. Let's go. (laughs) No, I love that. And even though, yeah, I'm wearing a black set right now. I just threw off my, the brightest blue you could ever see. And I'm just wearing that out. And I think that's what I love most about clothes. It's one of the most powerful forms of nonverbal communication. You know, people make judgments about you in 0.10 seconds, right? Their studies have proven that. So you need to make sure that your clothes are speaking for you in the language that you accept and the language that's authentic to you. Um, and I love that because, you know, as much as we say, oh, we don't like to judge, it's not good to judge. People do yeah. judge, right? But you have the power with what you're putting on your body every day to make sure that those judgments are as accurate as they can be to who you are. Mm. And we've sort of touched about like sort of stepping into that version that you want to be on the show. I talk a lot about like, your future self like that person who has achieved those goals that you have and that person who Mm -hmm. is your most confident and almost your most authentic self how can people Mm -hmm. use their clothes to create that confidence to step into that version now what would your advice be I think my advice is to always look at it firstly the other way around you need to have an idea of what that best self Mm. is you know what that best self stands for what are they doing you know who are they inspired by like think about the life that you plan to live and then maybe if you take the theory of enclosed cognition right you think about the people that you associate with those like positive traits Mm. you know the people if you want to a more confident more vibrant person who do you associate with confidence and vibrance then look at the people that you associate with those traits and whose style on top of that do you admire so make it a bit more like strategic and then once you have that kind of I I put everything like that into a pin I love it you have that kind of board of like the traits you want to have the people that you admire and the people that have those traits and those styles and other like kind of outfits or things that you think fit into those traits then you need to see okay this is kind of what the best version of myself looks Mm. like this is what it is and this is what it looks like then you go into your wardrobe and see okay what do I already own that fits into that because a lot of times people think right I need to shop and I need to fill up my wardrobe with all these things but a lot of the times we are already on our way to becoming that person we have a lot of these traits we just need to maximize them what do I already have I'm sure you already have something that can fit into that or maybe because you've done all this research and this deep dive you can look at your clothes in a different light that I have a ton of things that I kind of was only thinking about in one way and when I became more confident in who I was becoming I started to pair Mm. them with different things like I'd have I would only wear trainers trainers I started wearing them with heels I started wearing like all of my plain white shirts with these massive belts and these like corsets on top and just layering because I was inspired by all of these people and I kind of got a clearer vision about who I wanted to be and where I wanted to go and what that person was going to look like and I was able to rework things that I already owned to fit into that aesthetic and then you can start to understand okay what are my transitional outfits so these are outfits that they're going to carry you from where you are now to that person you want to be so as much as the person you want to be maybe wears like heels like all the time and like wears like all these fancy dresses whatever that's not going to be as practical probably for your day-to-day so you need to have those transitional kind of pieces that you can work into that outfit 
and then think about the discontinued pieces so these are pieces that reflect an identity that you no longer represent Mm. or like recognize but for me the discontinued pieces were all of my like freakum like hoey kind of dresses that I used to wear when I was 18 and I was like you don't have those legs anymore like you're not really you're not as you don't even go out to the curb that much like you don't have you don't need this when you're going out just it's like you go out like let's be real like once every two months like be real so I had to get rid of some of those pieces even that's why I say don't look at like what's trending or what you haven't worn maybe in like a super long time because sometimes you just haven't worn it in a long time maybe Mm. because you didn't feel confident or you just wasn't in a good place or everything trending always comes back around so ignore that think about the identity of the person that was wearing that outfit that's what you need to you that's the thing you need to consider when you're kind of going through your wardrobe and then once you've done all of that then you can say okay there's certain pieces I don't have this is how I'm going to go out shopping. And of course, utilize fashion psychology principles to make sure you're shopping smart and not getting kind of caught up in the adrenaline. Yeah. And I love that so much. It. And I love your discontinued pieces. Like I had so many ho outfits that like just got wet. <laughs> I was like, I'm not that person anymore. I barely even wear a bra on a good day. Yeah. Like it's just, it's not happening. Yeah, it's- <laughs> <laughs> I said this yesterday on my intro. I was like, this is like death to the underwear. Like, like I have, I haven't worn an underwire since COVID. And if an outfit forces me to wear an underwire, I'm sorry, it's just not yeah. for me. Maybe twice you'll get me to wear an underwire if it has to be like a a, no, a strapless top. But apart from that, I'm not putting myself in pain. I'm not that person anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Literally not a thing. It's not a thing. And um, <laughs> when you were saying about being really strategic in terms of like who you want to be and the style that resonates, I feel like I've done this process for myself. I now have like rules of like things mm. I will wear and things I won't wear. And it's yeah. made like, if I follow these rules, I'll always have things that I love and that suit me and that last a long time. Like I... Mm. Before I became a coach, I used to work in fashion styling and I would always wear like loads of things that just had loads of things going on. So like jackets that had to be like worn in a certain way, like lots of like just Mm. things that felt fiddly or like I would have shoes that I loved the look of, but after three hours, they would really hurt my feet. And so Mm. like now I have like rules where I wear like a lot of knitwear because you don't have to steam knitwear in the morning. And it's really easy to put things on. I wear a lot of dresses because I love how like a dress is just an outfit straight away. And Mm. they're all typically quite colorful and quite bright. And also what it's meant is that when I go out to events and I'm introducing myself as like Kyra, Kyra the Bold, people associate like what I'm wearing like with exactly. with me and then they go on my Instagram and I look exactly like that and there's this sort of like mm-hmm. personality and story that gets built from sort of how I'm presenting in that moment for that person and so like just to any listeners who are thinking oh like this is so cool but you know it's uncomfortable or it will take me a long time mm. to get ready I'm already spending so much time like you can find a way to make it easy like when I realized that knitwear doesn't have to be steamed like I just bought the <laughs> most glamorous jumpers that I could find <laughs> Because I am not the one who's going to be there steaming and ironing an outfit anymore. I I just, I find it so boring. So you can like sort of find little workarounds to make fashion and how you look work for you. I think the payoff is so big, especially when you're out there in the world doing your thing. Yeah, I agree with that. I think my little tip was when I realized I just hate belts. I just don't like the way they look. I don't like how they are. So I was like, I don't like belts, but I don't like the way my jeans fit me. I'm a curvy gal. Yeah. Like my thighs are big, but the waist is not. So like, how can I do it? And I just made a really good, I was on the hunt for a dry cleaners tailor and I made a really good relationship with one down the road. And I nice. took all my jeans to him. All of my jeans have been taken in and I just love them so much now. Like they just make me look so much better. Like they, I have more value on them, right? Because I've gotten yes. customized to fit me properly and they worked for me as well. So yeah, there's so many different workabouts to make sure that you can make your clothes work for you and you're not like trying to fit yourself into the clothes. It definitely should be the other way around. Yes, that is the thing. That is the thing. And absolutely, I think I procrastinated on this for a while. Like I had like a bunch of things I had to take that had to have like several changes. And then I actually... Mm -hmm went to the dry cleaners and made those changes and it like it blew my mind I was like what 
clothes. Like <laughs> now these clothes like actually suit me and they look amazing. Yeah. I'm like, amazing. Yeah, exactly. And it's interesting. It reminds me of this. There's a psychological theory based on that as well. It's called endowment theory. And it basically says that we place more uh, value on things that we have more ownership on. And of mm. course, if you're customizing something for getting a tailor taken in to suit your body, you're going to have more ownership over it. So in a sense, you're going to place more value on it. And I think that's something that people are missing. They're not really seeing the true value of their clothes. That's why they're constantly doing clear outs or constantly just buying stuff and only wearing it once. You know, we need to start changing the way we look at clothes. If we truly want to be sustainable, as most people yeah. I know now will say that they are, it doesn't just like start with, okay, where you're shopping and how much you're buying. And like, if you're only buying sustainable brands no it's really about the way you think about your clothes and the, mm. the way you perceive them and the way you treat them as well um so that's where the sustainability starts with the way that you're thinking and I really think that people are kind of missing that step yeah and for those listeners um who are fashion designers or you're a maker and you're doing things by hand like that is just a shout out to you to say that what you're doing <laughs> is so important and people value what you do so much so never underestimate it I hear a lot of creatives saying like that creativity isn't important or like I'm just you know I'm just a designer like it's not a thing and like they devalue their work it's so so important to the world but yeah. Shakela, I want to change the direction of our conversation slightly. And I want to ask you, like, we speak a lot about goals and sort of trying and failing at things in life mm -hmm. in general. What would you say is something that you've achieved that you're the most proudest of? And yeah. how did you do it? Oh, my God. What am I most proud of? <laughs> I'm going to have to say the book. I think it has nice. to be the book. Yeah. Um, what was the second question? What was the first How did you do I'm, it? Wow. Oh, God. I think it's the same story I'm going to have to give you. Like, well, I guess, no. Let me speak specifically about the book. So when the literary agent slid into my DM, this was in 2019, right? So I was very like it was still very fresh everything that I was doing I had only like just graduated not too long ago so I was super excited but I had no idea how to write commercially so I was very much an academic still at heart so when I did my first submission oh my god Kyra it was the most boring thing you could ever read like it read like a like it was dull it almost was like kind of for brands to read like it just wasn't what she had envisioned yeah. it wasn't what I really liked either so then I had like another go at doing it and it still it just wasn't like it was like dry like it was just oh. boring like I had to keep going and I remember she said okay I sent it out this time and like she sent me the list of all of the publishers that said no it was like no 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 like that and reading that in like in order was very disheartening it was oh very my God. and I had a lot of moments like I'm just rubbish I can't lie like I'm terrible like and then she was like oh why don't you try and switch gears maybe do like a children's book and then I was oh okay then I tried that and then that was a bit dead and then of course like 2020 happened and it was like right about like being a black woman in this space and I was like I don't <laughs> just want to be about being a black woman like do you know what I mean like yes I'm a black woman but fashion psychology is not for black people like of course like if you read the book you'll know I talk about my culture and my background and yeah. that's very important to me I use slang in the book like I put myself in it but I wanted to make it quite universal because it is something universal we all wear clothes I mean, unless you're a nudist, but there's a yeah. small society. We all wear clothes. So <laughs> literally, it was when lockdown happened. And actually, I broke up with my horrible ex-boyfriend. And I was like, Ooh. right, I need to change my life. I need to, like, do something. I remember I called my agent. She was like, okay, like, can you calm down? <laughs> I was just, like, going crazy. But the thing I always say is I had the time. I had the time and the space to just sit down. I just sat down on my coffee table. And I was like, let me just write this book, like, I would want to read it like mm. I just write this book for me stop thinking about the other person at the end of the of the book and just think about what you would like to read and I feel like in this age of social media we're always writing in kind of defense mode like I was kind of thinking about oh people are going to already judge this people already think fashion psychology is not a real thing like I was writing on the defense and I just we kind of let that go 
And I really just started to think about what would make me happy. Well, I think I think I'm pretty funny. And I was like, put your humor in there, <laughs> yeah. put your jokes in there, put all your knowledge in there, just put it all in there. And then I, that's when I, I just finally got it. I finally clicked. And then I, my agent noticed that too. And that's when I was able to get the book deal. I mean, I still got like a few, we like this, but you don't have enough followers on social media. Like we don't mm. really know you, you're not that big. And that was disheartening in itself. But I was proud enough into, in, of what I had managed to do, which I still feel like no one has really been able to do that. Like really add the human element to fashion psychology. Mm. And I was like, you know what, whatever deal I get, like I'm happy with it because this just needs to get up there. And that's always been my goal to kind of make this research accessible so that everybody can use it and everybody can see the value of their clothes and just dress their best selves really yeah absolutely thank you for sharing us on like taking us on that roller coaster (laughs) how did you like keep going on an emotional level because I know Mm. that some people experience like that was like a lot of rejection yeah it was (laughs) I'm not even putting it out there. But most people definitely shy away from that rejection. Like I know many people who experience like, oh, it didn't work out how I wanted to the first time. And they like put it under the bed. They forget about that dream. But how do you keep on going to like try again and try again and then try again? I just feel like I am very competitive. I'm competitive in general with myself and I have a very like I'll show them attitude like that's always just something I've had remember at school I used to be bullied a lot and I was like I'll show them like I made sure I got the best grades not for me it was out of spite like I literally got good grades out of spite so that I would be the one you know going on the stage and getting the shake from the headmaster and like okay you're gonna bully me but you're not gonna ignore me like you're gonna see me like I'm gonna be front and center like you can't hide from me and I feel like I just carried that throughout my adult life like okay you're saying no you're gonna regret that like you're gonna see me doing well even though like yeah it's been a lot of rejections but no one's ever been like super horrible it's always just been, oh it's yeah. not right for us I like I just turned that into like vengeance <laughs> okay this is how I'm gonna prove them wrong and I think that's something that drives drives me. I don't know how healthy that is, but I've always just like had that kind of fight in me. I think maybe I get it from my mom. Mm. Like I just always wanted to fight and keep going. And I have this thing. I know naturally humans have a loss aversion. So we just feel like losses loom larger than gains. And I felt that very strongly. I felt like I put so much time and energy. You know that master's is not covered by student finance, right? Yeah, yeah. I had to put in the work to pay for that master. I sold my car. I was working in a call center. Like I was doing the most. And I was like, I'm not gonna have put in all of this time and effort into this degree for it to be for nothing. Right. So I think that what drove me. So I don't know how like replicable that kind of advice is, but maybe just think about, yeah, the loss, think about the time and effort that you put into it. You know, you don't want to waste that. Think about the pain it, it, it will cause you and you'll feel about not having made something from, something you've put in all of this effort into so maybe think about it in that way and keep pushing when you get those rejections yeah and I just want to say I'm absolutely the same if I have like (laughs) if I have like a disagreement with someone I have like a revenge fantasy where I'm gonna be like look out I'm gonna be out somewhere like at a restaurant and I'm just gonna look amazing like I do this after like breakups (laughs) after like a hinge date goes bad like I'm gonna look amazing and I'm gonna be like oh hello you and they're gonna just be like (laughs) so blinded by how good I look it's like my revenge fantasy so I know I have that too and it's like sometimes they don't even care like they forgot <laughs> your name it makes you feel good <laughs> I just think this is my story in my head like no one can take my story away from me this is how yeah. I planned out yeah. even if it's not reality so whatever there it goes and it's worked so far ish <laughs> exactly my next question is to you is what's a risk in your journey that you almost didn't take mm, I think I almost I almost stayed at my last job, I think, mm. for a bit longer um, because it was a risk, right? There's still being freelance and working for yourself is scary. It's super scary. Like, yeah. I still 
don't have as much routine in my day-to-day as I would like like just things come in and the deadlines come in and it's just super ad hoc and random and every time I'm like I'll plan it out something always comes and messes up so I think knowing just a bit of that made me want to stay at my last job but I'm glad I did take the risk and I'm not gonna be sitting here and saying yeah I'm just killing it and I have it all figured out I don't right I don't have it figured out I'm just putting myself in as many positions as I can possibly I have an amazing set of people around me like friends Mm. and family that are supportive and they're like kind of helping me and guiding me through and um like you said like a lot of belief that I need to prove everybody whoever doubted me wrong even though yeah there's a few people but it's not like the world was against me (laughs) but um yeah it's a risk and I'm just always like hoping that if I just keep putting in the work I'll keep getting to that next stage and that next stage and that next stage and yeah it's just it's a journey and um I'm just happy to have the opportunity to just do this even if it's for a short-lived like as much my kind of goal was yeah to just let people know about fashion psychology and now more people are so that's kind of my main source of happiness so now that people know like I'm very happy and I'm just hoping that yeah I get to do this for as long as possible yeah I love this thank you so much for coming on the show it's been such a pleasure I've enjoyed this so much Akela my (laughs) final question to you here is what advice would you give to your past self Oh my gosh. I think I would say, what would I say to little Shakira? Um, listen to your mom and your sister. Because when they were like, I was like, I don't want to do psychology. Like, I just want to do fashion, fashion, fashion. And they were both like, you can do both. You can do both. I was like, it's not a thing. Like, you can't yeah. do both. I literally remember this argument. I was like, it's not a thing. You can't do both. You can't do both. And they were like, you'll figure it out. You're like, you're good at psychology. It's like more of a short thing. Just do figure it out. Like, keep fashion. Don't throw all of your knowledge. And you love psychology. Just do it. Don't throw all of it away. And I was like, oh, fine. And I remember being super annoyed, but I should have trusted them a bit more because when I found that degree, oh my God, it wasn't even like, oh, we're happy. It was like, I told you, you don't listen to us. That was it. And I had to just sit there and just listen to them going on. And I couldn't say anything. So maybe if I had acquiesced a bit earlier, then I wouldn't have had to sit through that. (laughs) I I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Oh my gosh. You almost didn't become who you are today. Like I mean, I'm sure you would have got here somehow, but like wow. No, I don't that- know. Whilst I was doing my masters, I literally was like, I'm gonna quit this course. I'm gonna move over to fashion marketing. And I remember my uh... sister was like, That's stupid. If you ever do that, that's stupid, stupid, stupid. And I was like, Why? Like there's more security. But honestly, yeah, I have to give it to my family. Like, I know I'm very lucky and grateful to have had that support because not many families, I think, would support their daughter, like spending so much money and effort doing something with no guaranteed job at the end. Mm. Uh, Because believe me, I had a lot of side eyes from people when I told them, when I get to interviews and told them my degree, um, they were like, well, what, what can you do? Like, what's that? So if I didn't have that support, it would have been very difficult to just keep going. Yeah, absolutely. Where can people Mm -hmm. find you and stay in touch if they're like just smitten after listening to this episode? Well, if you're smitten, you'll buy my book. So Big Just Energy is available at all good bookstores, preferably Amazon. Get me up in the chart. Big Just Energy. Um, Also, you can listen to the Big Just Energy podcast on Spotify and YouTube. And I think we're on Apple Podcasts as well. And also fashionispsychology.com if you really want like more fashion psychology research. We have lots of students as well that submit their like new papers and stuff. So it's always exciting happening over there. On Instagram, I'm at Shkayla Elise. Um, and then I'm also on um, fashion, on Instagram as fashion is psychology. Um, so yeah, we have just so much fun, like fashion psychology memes, if that's your thing. And nice. I'm on TikTok as well as at Shkayla Elise amazing thank you again for coming onto the show and everyone make sure you get the book and live yes. by it <laughs> and follow and subscribe and do all the things thanks so yes. much for coming <laughs> thanks Kyra. 
Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the No Room for Doubt podcast. If you've loved what you've heard today, you're probably going to want to coach with me one-on-one. Stuck to Unstoppable is my signature coaching program to transform your mindset and your confidence so you can go out and achieve the goals that you want in your life and in your business. Simply go to my website at www.kyramatthews.com to book your free 30-minute consultation. I cannot wait to get unstoppable with you. See you there.